feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story, talking to the biggest names, covering the biggest stories. She's Rita Cosby. This is the Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking lot. And everybody, it's going to be a cold weekend in New York and in much of America, so make sure that you stay tuned to 77 WABC for the latest. And you just heard our Bob Brown. It is going to be very chilly, especially on Sunday night. Well, there is a lot of hot news coming on the crime front, and I am so happy to hear that they arrested this thug related to the Burger King murder. Um, This woman, it's so heartbreaking, of course, when you hear the story of the 19-year-old Burger King employee in Harlem. Again, you know, the guy comes over, he has a ski mask on, uh, basically knocks out the teeth of the manager, and then basically says to her, okay, give me a hundred bucks, open the cash register. She doesn't open the cash register in his mind fast enough, and then he shoots and kills her. It is just a horrible, horrible story. But I am so happy to see that finally justice is served in this case. And it turns out police are saying that the guy actually worked at the same Burger King where the murder took place. He never worked with this girl, but he worked at the same Burger King. Again, he came in with a ski mask. And you know what's just so heartbreaking is to see the audacity of this guy. And we're going to get to that in a moment because when I saw him being led away, and you can see the footage, this guy is just hes just horrible. I, I mean, he's just a real scumbag. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it. Um, unremorseful, unrepentant, um, shouting things. As people were watching him being led out of the police station in East Harm. And it just goes to show, and if you look at the guy's rap sheet, over and over again, this guy who's accused of the crime, 30-year-old Winston Glenn is his name, um, has seven prior arrests, four of them for violent incidents, all of them in New York City, guys. Um, And one of them, just as recently as November 30th of last year, he was arrested for menacing and assaulting a person with a knife at a homeless shelter, charged with a misdemeanor only at that time, and released despite his horrible, horrible background. This guy is like a repeat offender rap sheet and never should have been walking the streets, let alone what was he doing working at a Burger King? Don't they check his record? That's the other thing, too. I'd like to know what are the standards for working at restaurants? Because if you look at his background again, you know, if it was just misdemeanors, that may have been the case in some of his priors. Again, a number of violent incidents. If you were able to have access to his criminal record, you'd kind of go, oh, wait a minute. This guy doesn't look like a very good employee. So what kind of vetting are they doing at restaurants? There's a lot of questions here, you guys. I mean, this is just horrible. And when you look at the background of this guy, this comes at a time where in New York City and Democratic-led cities, many of them across the country, we are just seeing the soft on criminal approach. Uh, Again, it goes back to Alvin Bragg, the new DA, 
in Manhattan who will be looking at this case. Isn't that going to be interesting? This will be an interesting case to see what will Alvin Bragg do with this thug. What do you guys think is going to happen? Because there has not really been a super high-profile case before Alvin Bragg since he took office. And this is, of course, a very big one. It's going to go before him. This happened again in Harlem. So he will have to see this case. One of his prosecutors will. What will he guide them? What will he say to them? You know, the guy didn't have a gun technically, but he had a knife at first. And then he had a gun in this particular case. But he's got a history of crime in the past. And then in this one, again, he shoots in this case. But in the past cases, he had knives. He had other things. What was he doing even on the street to begin with? This is a classic reason why when you hear an Alvin Bragg strategy of when he has reduced some of these crimes, he said, "Okay, if the person didn't have a gun, it would be a misdemeanor. So he's probably saying bravo to the fact that this guy only had a misdemeanor on a prior charge where he assaulted a person with a knife at a homeless shelter. I would consider that pretty serious where it should have been a felony and not a misdemeanor. And in this case, of course, it is a murder charge. What is he going to reduce this to? You know, I mean, this is really an interesting test. And I hope that Alvin Bragg does the right thing, not only for Crystal Bayon Nieves, but also for all victims of crime. By the way, bravo also to the owner of our great Red Apple Media because John Katsimatidis and his wife, they put up $10,000 for tips leading to it. I'm sure it inspired so many people to come forward and to give information. I thought that was so just terrific. And I'm so glad that this man is now luckily behind bars tonight. And boy, when you hear a little bit more about this guy, this is a classic case why we have to get tough on repeat offenders. Coming up, by the way, in just about 10 minutes or so, about 20 minutes or so, we are going to have on the show former New York City Police Commissioner Bernie Carrick to get his take on all of this and to find out what he thinks about this guy what he thinks should happen to this guy, what he thinks that Alvin Bragg will do with this guy, and what impact these soft-on-crime DAs are having on cities across the country. The other issue we're going to also talk about, too, is the big rash of carjackings. There have been some skyrocketing numbers, including cases in New York. There were three within one hour that took place midweek. I think it was on Wednesday of this week. That was stunning. Also in Philadelphia, skyrocketing numbers, so much so that New York City has seen an uptick. 56% of carjackings, that's a huge amount of an increase from last year. 56%, more than 500 carjackings took place in 2021. In Philly, the number's even higher, 757 in one year, and it's a 34% increase in Philly. So staggering. And a lot of people are tying all of these things together, repeat offenders, carjackings, all these people basically saying that the message from soft on crime DAs like, you know, Alvin Braggs, like the guy in Philly, like in San Fran, like in Los Angeles, a lot of these cities that are experiencing these major upticks of crime where criminals are getting more brazen, doing carjackings midday, going into Burger Kings, doing these kind of things. They feel that they are able to get away with it and they are getting more and more brazen. And so coming up Again, in about 20 minutes or so, we are going to have the former New York City Police Commissioner, Bernie Carrick, to get his take 
on why he thinks this is happening. You heard why I think it's happening. I think criminals are getting a green light and feeling that they can be more and more brazen to the fact that they're doing some of these attacks in broad daylight without repercussions. And that, I think, puts all of us in a serious, significant danger. What do you hope happens now to this guy? I have a couple ideas, believe me. I mean, this guy, I just think, is a thug beyond thug. The number is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show here on The Great 77, WABC. Well, here is a little bit from James Essex. He is the chief of police at the New York Police Department, and he talks about sort of how they led to getting to the arrest of this guy again, 30-year-old Winston Glenn, who is now accused of this heinous murder of the 19-year-old Burger King employee. You look at the, you know, when we talk about the good old-fashioned police detective work, tracking video, making connections as the uh, the killer changed his clothes based on, on video evidence, and then tracking that video evidence where we were able to ID him. A little further down the line, we were able to identified that he was a worker at that Burger King uh, in 2020. So now we know we're on, on to the right person. And we track him into Brooklyn, and we do what NYPD detectives do. We pick him up last night, and he's charged with that murder. And, you know, it's amazing um, some of the way that they did put it together. They saw also one of the belts that he had on. Then they looked at surveillance footage. He was wearing a very distinctive guest belt. And, you know, with the guest brand on it. And then they were able to look at some of the surveillance footage. Then they were able to be able to say, okay, this is the guy who wears this kind of a belt. Um, and were able to be able to match it. Um, then they also, they found it on a picture, by the way, on Instagram that he had. He was wearing that very same belt. Um, then they also linked um, a card that he had used. Um, he had used it right after the shooting, the fatal shooting. And they also noticed the way he walked matched that of the killer. He had a very sort of distinctive walk. So it was really interesting just to see the way that they pieced this together. And all over the fact that he said, listen, I want 100 bucks from the register. She wouldn't open it apparently fast enough for him. And then she, he just all of a sudden shot her. Here's a little bit about this guy's criminal history. Take a listen. Here's a little bit more from the chief of police, James Essick. You know, he had four prior arrests. The last one was a menacing with a knife assault, uh, you know, nothing that would lead to something uh, of, of this nature where he's carrying a gun and then committing a homicide. Uh, you know, we see, see people in the past, you see their records, a uh, heavy record. This guy really didn't have a heavy past, which would lead him to, to, to this type of crime. Um, I strongly disagree. And listen, I'm sure the chief of police obviously has a lot of experience. But if you look at this guy, he did assault a person with a knife at a homeless shelter November 30th, 2021. I would say that's a violent history, you know, um, and has a number of other arrests um, for them tied to violence incident, uh, incidents. And they're all in New York City, too. So, I, you know, that sort of sounds like a violent track record. It doesn't sound like, you know, he was, uh, you know, enjoying the Whoppers there at Burger King the whole time. So I do think there was a bit of writing on the wall. And it will be interesting. And I hope that Alvin Bragg has the guts to throw the book at this guy. This guy is a classic case who never 
should have been walking the streets to begin with when you look at his background. And now again, this will be, I think, really the first true test for Alvin Bragg. What do you hope that Alvin Bragg does? Um, and I hope that he doesn't start talking about the guy's mental history and he doesn't talk about, you know, some sob story of what's happened in his life. I'm sure he's maybe had a difficult life or difficult problems, but that is no reason for him to be a cold-blooded killer. And when you look at the track record of this guy and what he did to this beautiful young girl who was so worried again about working in a late shift, she was so worried. She was telling her mother, hey, mom, maybe you should talk to my bosses. Maybe you should get involved. I mean, it is just heartbreaking from core to core when you hear it. And I hope that this guy has the cojones to throw the book at this guy. And I want you to listen to what this guy did when he was leaving the police station. Here's a little bit. This is some of the body cam footage. Um, This is actually actually from a previous case. This is from another case of a carjacking. I want to get to that later. But what I want to talk about first is a little bit of the sound from when the guy was leaving. I want to describe it because it is just so unbelievably disgusting. When he was walking outside of the station today, Some of the people in the crowd were shouting things at him. Some of them were saying things at him. Um, They were saying, you know, um, you know, uh, you're going to burn. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Believe me, the father of this woman, if he was out there, I'm sure he would have been saying a lot worse. And if I was out there, I probably would have said a lot worse to the guy. This guy came back and had the audacity, the audacity to come out and say, um, where's our reparations for 400 years of effing slavery. That was his response to people. Not saying, I'm sorry I did this crime, not showing any repent, not showing any remorse. F you all. He was just swearing left and right. He was yelling and shouting. Um, And then he shouted back and said, guess what? America is going to burn. And all he kept talking about was reparations and slavery. Isn't that unbelievable? This is a guy who has just been busted and authorities say he is the guy. This is a guy who worked there, again, has a prior arrest, violent history over and over again. And yet he is arrested today for a very horrible crime of taking this young girl's life, shooting her dead at the East Harlem Burger King. And he has the audacity when he is being walked out to an angry crowd that's upset at him. He's angry at them back and talking about reparations and slavery. This guy showed no repent, showed no remorse and no regret. And I say, Alvin Braggs, you throw the book at him. You show what you're made of because you have been so soft on crime since you sent out that memo. I think you've given a green light to a lot of thugs and a lot of people out there. And this guy is the case of why you have to do this broken windows theory. You have to go after people early on so it doesn't get to the point where somebody feels that they can do anything. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Um, let's go to Jack in Hackensack, New Jersey. Go ahead. What do you think, Jack? This is G.I. Gino Jack back in Hackensack, American Marine veteran here with my American Marine Mongol. And to the Polish princess, I say, Felicia Buono, Nuovo Ano con la Grazia del Nostro Dio Jesu Cristo. And let me tell you something, uh, Rita, my dear. 
The bottom line is this. One, I challenge Alvin Bragg, dirtbag, I challenge him to stand up for the people, which we know he's not going to do. He's bought and paid for by George Soros. And another thing. But you know what's going to be interesting, Jack? Jack, hang on one second. You know what's going to be interesting? Because this is such a high-profile case. And Alvin Bragg tried to make a distinction, you know, um, in the last like week or so, like, oh, you know what, for really severe cases, I mean, it, it almost takes the worst of the worst. And I consider this pretty close to the worst of the worst. You know, I mean, this fits in it for sure. Um for the worst of the worst, I'm going to throw the book at it. He sort of made it sound like there's one or two exceptions. I mean, this even fits in his one or two exceptions. So I think he's going to have to be tough on this. I mean, the world is going to be watching. What does he do right now? Because this is a classic case of someone who the writing's on the wall with this guy. I don't think he ever should have even seen the late of day before this. I mean, you look at his track record, it's horrible. And yet here he is, if they, you know, clearly it looks like they've got obviously or the evidence he's alleged right now, but it looks like he's, uh, you know, it's first degree murder, it's robbery charges, um, very serious shooting dead, you know, a beautiful, you know, beautiful, gorgeous, innocent 19-year-old who's just working there. Um, and it's a place where he used to work. So they've been able, looks like they pieced it together pretty quickly, that he's got to throw the book at him. Because this, if there's ever an example, even for Looney Kazuni, Alvin Braggs, I think it's it. Don't you? Yes. And if a Chase ever called for the death penalty, it would have to be on a federal level because all these years, the liberals, and I, there were Republicans who are bums, such as Dick Cheney and Liz Cheney. And, and But the bottom line is the liberal Democrats have become the party of baby butchering, of abortion, of coddling criminals, of opening the border. And the bottom line reader is, after all is said and done, it would have to be at a federal level. And by the way, this creep is playing the race card about reparations. That beautiful young woman was born in Puerto Rico. You don't think she ever faced discrimination? He's a coward, and is an, he should burn in hell. Yeah, he listen, I, I, Jack, as a Jack, rat that he is. I feel your pain, and I feel the exact same way. I think it's disgusting what he's doing, and I think it's shameful and and completely unrepentant and this to me is the reason why you throw somebody in prison and uh you know you, you throw the lock away and you walk away and say see you in about a hundred years. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 we'll continue with your calls and Bernie Carrick coming up in about ten minutes to give us his take on all this. Rita Cosby is on seventy seven WABC A lot of motions after hearing this guy, a 30-year-old Winston Glenn, who is now accused of gunning down that beautiful 19-year-old Burger King employee, Crystal Bayon Nieves. Um, when he got busted, and by the way, he worked at that same Burger King. He worked there in 2020, not when she was there, but was familiar with it. That's how we knew the place. And after he is being let out by police in East Harlem, uh, today, the guy, he wasn't saying, oh, I'm so sorry or crying or whatever the case. No, this guy was belligerent. 
And he was talking about where's our reparations for 400 years of effing slavery. That's what he was yelling out. And then he was screaming at the crowd and saying, F you all. Um, also shouting at the top of his lungs, America is going to burn. So much for a criminal who's been busted and showing any sign of remorse. Take a listen. Here is a little bit of this uh, monster being let out of the police station. Great. That's the guy who was just arrested who has been let out time and time again and again uh, had just been arrested for menacing and assaulting a person with a knife at a homeless shelter. He was only charged with a misdemeanor and, again, had seven prior arrests, four of them violent incidents, and then he gets busted for murdering this beautiful woman at the Burger King. And his attitude is, where's our reparations for 400 years of blank, blank slavery, blank, blank you all, America is going to burn. Just the audacity, it's disgusting. And I'm happy that Mayor Eric Adams had this to say about the guy. He murdered that child. He had no regard for the people he assaulted with that gun inside the restaurant. And I hope that they throw the book at this guy. He is charged again with first-degree murder and also robbery charges Uh, But let's see what Alvin Bragg directs his prosecutors on this one. It's 1-800-848-9222, Let's go to Tom in Nassau County. Go ahead, Tom, your thoughts. Yes, the chief of detectives is saying what they tell him to say, and that's why he's saying, oh, the guy wasn't violent. This This is, it's so obvious what's going on. Is the guy going to jail? Yes. They're going to play it down. This is a whole thing. It's an anti. Everybody is against the white male, and that's what. If the guy was white, you would it would be on the news all day long, and this guy should be in jail. And you know what? Maybe he'll go to jail and and he'll never get out. But I don't. You got to start voting these guys out of office. Everybody's talking about what they do, what they don't do. They're no good. I grew up in the same neighborhood as Eric Adams. This guy's so full of it. I was a cop with him. He's terrible. He's gonna. He's done nothing yet. But but Tom, in Tom, hang on a second. In his defense, he did say, "Listen, the guy's a cold-blooded killer." By the way, I want to go back to what you said at the beginning there, Tom, because it is interesting that the chief of police um, comes on and he basically says, um, "Oh, this guy didn't really have a violent history." I'm going. Are you kidding me? Like, I, I mean, that, like you just said, it's kind of interesting that he uses that phrase, and yet if you look at the guy's background. I don't think too many people would say 
he didn't have a violent history. It is interesting that he's somehow trying to be politically correct, or maybe at that point they didn't have all the details. I don't know. But but it's not exactly, uh, this is not exactly Mary Poppins before this moment, you know? They're, they're setting this stage. The, the chief of detectives, first of all, the guy committed, he committed the most heinous, he, he murdered the girl. That's enough violence for me. Yes. I don't care if he did nothing. I agree. I, and, and not only that, if you look at the guy's background, this guy was clearly not someone who should be walking the streets. He was he pulled out a knife at a homeless shelter, uh, was arrested for assaulting somebody there. Uh, there was a whole bunch of other there were four other violent incidents even prior to that. It's like, what more do you need? Um, I agree with you. But let's see. Let's see, because we've heard now from the mayor who says that this guy's a cold blooded killer. Um, so let's see if they get treating that they basically treat him like a cold-blooded killer and they throw the book at him because that is the only thing that this guy deserves. And again, he's just a disgusting human being. What he was saying on the way that he was being let out is just, it's just shameful and it makes you just, it, it makes you embarrassed that this system actually allowed this man to be on the streets even before this. And my thoughts and prayers go so much to this young woman and, of course, to her family. Um, it, it's just it is heartbreaking and it's disgusting. And she deserves justice. And other people need to know that this guy's not going to walk the street again. I mean, there needs to be something severely done. And anybody who thinks that this guy is not violent uh, needs a big wake-up call, too, as well. When, when we come back, we are going to talk with Bernie Carrick, former New York City police detective and also New York City police commissioner, someone who's been on the streets and also led the department. And we're going to get his take on all of this and also the rise in carjackings because it's this repeat offender mentality that we're sadly seeing here in New York and Philadelphia, Los Angeles and San Francisco. It's sadly become a trend across the country. And we're going to talk about that and a lot more with former New York City Police Commissioner Bernie Carrick after the break. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue, two Richmond, Virginia police officers are being heralded for going above and beyond the call of duty after evacuating 10 people from a motel when it caught on fire. Now, police say that it happened just after 5 o'clock in early January at the Richmond Inn, and the officers weren't even supposed to be there, but just happened to see the smoke, and they rushed over without hesitation. When they got inside, they realized how serious the situation was. And investigators say that a resident left their clothes on a heater, and that's what sparked this massive fire. They said that one of the officers went in, and at first they saw some people in the room. They tried to pull them out. Then they were trying to assist another, and that's when they got a call saying that basically the whole building and that whole room and area was essentially on fire. And then they could see the smoke coming over the second floor railing. So the smoke was so thick that Officer Frazier had to use the guardrail. He found other residents he was able to get through. He also ended up being treated for smoke inhalation and evacuating 10 people to safety. And for his and others' heroic actions, they were given the life 
Saving Award. Bravo to the great men and women in blue and for all they do and how amazing they just happen to be over there and see some of the smoke from the distance when they were out on another call. Well, speaking of law enforcement officers, I'm so glad that they tracked down and they busted this now alleged killer of the 19-year-old Burger King cashier. Um, It's a heartbreaking story, and this guy is clearly a ruthless criminal and somebody who never should have been walking the streets, but I'm glad that they caught him. And now here's a little bit from a police investigator who describes a little bit about the suspect. All indications uh, indicate at this point in the investigation that he plotted it. He shows up in different clothing. He has a a backpack where he changes his clothing. Uh, So all indications are that he knew this place well. And joining us now to talk about all of this is former New York City Police Commissioner Bernie Carrick. Bernie, great to have you here on the show. Thank you. You know, I want to ask you first about this alleged killer of the 19-year-old Burger King cashier. When you hear about the fact, first of all, you know, employee, but also this guy had seven prior arrests, four of them for violent incidents. Um, including there was one that just was in November 30th of last year. He was arrested for menacing and assaulting a person with a knife at a homeless shelter. He is charged with a misdemeanor and released despite his violent background. Make sense of this, Bernie Carrick. Well, you can't make sense of it because these th- this stuff comes out, especially this. This is a really good example. You know, his arrest in November, um, threatening people at a homeless shelter, with the knife, and then being charged with a misdemeanor, that comes right out of the governor, Governor Cuomo's bail reform uh, changes that was instituted under him. We now have a new district attorney in Manhattan um, who is a basically a George Soros agent. Um, this is a guy that Soros put a million dollars into his campaign And he is somebody that has basically said he's not going to push jail time for a number of violent offenses, including resisting arrest, which is probably one of the worst things you could do, because that that basically tells all the bad guys you can do anything you want to get away from a cop, including assault, including resisting. And you're not going to be charged with a felony. Um, This is the kind of district attorney we have. And it's the same kind of district attorney that they have in Atlanta, Minneapolis, Seattle, Portland, uh, Chicago. They're all the same. And in every one of those cities, you'll notice that you have substantial increases in violent crime, shootings and murders. That's what's going to happen in New York City. And if people don't like what's don't like what was going on in the past four to eight years, They're really not going to like it now because this DA is locking up no one. It's going to be interesting to see what does Alvin Bragg do with this case? Well, this case is definitely going before him. I think this this shooting, this uh, homicide was actually up in Harlem, which is Manhattan. So Alvin Bragg is going to have this case. And uh, let's see what he does, uh, especially given some of his comments as of recent. But um, this case is one of many uh, that people should be looking at and monitoring and watching. Absolutely. You know, the other thing that's really disgusting about this, Bernie, 
is the guy is arrested. He's walked by the cops and some of the people were shouting at him, you know, as he's being led out of the police station in East Harlem today. And he screams back um, saying, where's our reparations for 400 years of effing slavery? I I mean, talk about unrepentant. It, It was like audacious of this guy. Yeah, but you know what? Here's here's there, that's bad. That is definitely bad, and, and you know it's lunacy at a at another level almost. But here's the worst part of that: there are actually people in New York City that would agree with him, and they're on the city council. They are on the city council of the city of New York. So I have to tell you, you know, as bad as that is, you have to think it's so far worse when you have people that's on the city council, you have members of Congress, members of the United States Congress that think the same way, which is complete lunacy. So, um, you know, that's sort of where it comes from. No, you're right. And but you know what it also says to me, it's the brazenness of these people that are, you know, doing these crimes. Here is a guy, a repeat offender, um, obviously did horrible things even before this, um, accused now of gunning down his co-worker, Uh, because she wasn't opening the cash register fast enough. I mean, it's like for no reason, it's horrible. And yet he's sort of, you know, shouting out these, you know, horrible words and swear words at everybody. And it's almost like he's entitled to be able to do whatever he wants. It's sort of this attitude of brazenness of the criminals. It's really getting out of control. It's frightening. Yeah, but you know what, Rita? That's what happens when you embolden them. That's what happens when they know that mayors are putting handcuffs on the cops, not letting them do their jobs. That's what happens when they know the district attorneys are not going to enforce the law. That's what they. That's what happens when they know that the governor has instituted bail reform laws that basically prevents them from being locked up in many cases where in the past they would have gone immediately to jail or be held on bail. Yeah, it is. You're right. And they're sort of saying, oh, gosh, I can kind of get away with this or someone's going to bail me out or someone's going to help me. That's right. You know, I want to talk with you also about the increase in carjackings that's been happening. Stunning numbers of carjackings. And in fact, you know, in New York City this week, there were three separate instances in the city, Bernie, within like less than an hour. Um, Tons of cases and as you know, same commonality, a lot of Democratic led cities. Um, in Philly, for example, up in 2021, 34 percent. They had 757 carjackings in last year alone. Um, what do you make of this um, and the fact that there now are more carjackings? is It's sort of a crime of opportunity, as you know. Well, it's a crime of opportunity. But you know what, uh, Rita? This is another one of those cases where the word gets around that these guys can get away with this kind of stuff. You know, historically in New York City years ago, when we saw substantial increases in carjackings, we would bring in federal task forces, you know, the the DEA, um, work with the U.S. Marshals, work with ATF. We would create a a, uh, a violent felony warrant squad or, or a carjacking unit and basically target the people that do this and then lock them up on federal charges. That's what should be happening, because that will stop them. That they're afraid of. They're not afraid of Alvin Bragg, the the Manhattan DA. They're not afraid of the mayor, but they're afraid of the feds. 
And the more the municipal departments can bring in these federal agencies as enforcers to enforce federal law, the faster you're going to address this stuff. That's one of the problems they have in Chicago. Had they put more federal agents and agencies into Chicago to work with the local and state police, you'd have a lot less gang activity and gun activity than you do now. Now, who pulls in the feds? Is that uh, the mayor? Is that the police department? Who has the authority to do that, Bernie Carrick? Well, it's, it's usually the mayor. Uh, the mayor and the governor would make a request to the federal government. And, and I have to tell you, 90 percent of the time, the federal government, the DEA, the FBI, the, the, the U.S. Marshals, um, ATF, they'll come in and assist. They will come in and assist. Keep in mind, remember... You know, four, three years ago, President Trump sent a message to the Chicago mayor, I will send federal agents into your city if you want them. All you have to do is ask. We don't need them. We're, I don't want your help. That's what she said. This year, she's begging President Biden to send the Justice Department to help her. She should have done it when President Trump wanted it, but, you know, because it's political, because it's a political opponent or a party or whatever the case may be, politics should not jeopardize the safety and security of your communities. And that's what a lot of these mayors said. That's why they fail. So how do they turn it around? And do you see them asking for outside help or do you see them, you know, basically turning a blind eye, um, trying to go again light on crime um, where do you see this headed? Because this is really well, scary, especially when you're seeing the pattern around all these cities across the country, Bernie Carrick. Well, the the light on crime stuff is is not going to it's not it's not going to get anything done, right? That's that's the worst thing they can do. What they've got to do is take a lesson out of the Rudy Giuliani, you know, books of of you know from 1994 on. And by the way, uh, out, out of the Rudy Giuliani, Bernie Carrick playbooks, because you were a big part of that, too, my friend. Uh, I, I was a part of it. But but here's the deal. Everybody said when Giuliani came in in 1994, there was nothing you could do. New York City's too big, too dirty, too corrupt, too crime infested. Never going to work. Never going to happen. At the end of eight years, it was a 65 percent reduction in violent crime, a 70 percent reduction in murder. And in the black communities where the murder rate was the highest, you had close to an 80% drop in murder. Don't tell me it can't be done. It can be done. But you need leadership, real leadership, that's going to put the manpower, resources, training into the communities, into the cops, get them in the communities, and then pull in the feds when you need them. So now let me ask you, of course, the $64 million question. Where do you see that going in the big cities? All right, we've got Eric Adams in New York, but even if he wants to get tougher on crime, which he seems to for sure want to do compared to de Blasio, um, but he's got Alvin Bragg. Then you go to Philly. Um, we've got, you know, a very soft on crime DA there. Um, same thing, Los Angeles, um, San Fran. I mean, you look at the pattern. How do you turn it around if you don't have Rudy Giuliani's in these cities? Well, listen, Eric Adams, you know, I, nobody knows where he's going to go, right? It's all up in the air. He's he just got in office. Um, he, he's talking the right talk from what I hear. Um, and and take, keep this in mind. Um, he knows how to get it done. 
Eric Adams was a lieutenant that worked for me. He worked through the Giuliani days. He knows how to reduce crime. What we did back then to get the reductions we had, he knows how to do that. Will he do it is another question. As far as Bragg, I'm going to tell you this right now. Um, the mayor can control some of the money that Bragg gets. The mayor can force the state to pull back some of the money he gets. But if I was the mayor, if I was Eric Adams, and Alvin Bragg was stopping, you know, criminal enforcement and, and stop, and, you know, not not enforcing the law, not doing the job he's sworn to do by the Constitution. If I was Eric Adams, I would go to the governor and I'd say, get him out of office, pull him out. You know, they don't have recalls in New York City or New York State, I don't think. So you can't do to Alvin Bragg what you can do in other cities around the country. But the governor, if he is a threat to the safety and security of New York City, then it's up to the governor to do something about it. And if I was the mayor and Alvin Bragg is standing between law and order and chaos and man, well, then you know what? I'd go to the governor and pull him. No, I agree. And by the way, although, you know, politically, two things. First off, I don't know if I see Kathy Hochul doing that in an election year where she's trying to, you know, curry favor with constituents, uh, a variety of constituents in New York City. She's up against Jamani Williams. She wants to try to tap into a whole bunch of different bases across the country and people who are maybe sympathetic to, you know, criminal justice reform. And then on the other hand, we had on the show last night, Bernie, um, Andrew Giuliani, the son, of course, of Rudy Giuliani, and he is pushing to try to get a recall referendum um, maybe on the ballot somehow or trying to push the legislature, um, you know, trying to do something to that point. But I don't know if I see Kathy Hochul stepping in in an election year, do you? And I don't know, no matter how much Eric Adams screams and shouts. Here's the problem Hochul's going to have. And, and you mark my words as a prediction. There's going to be a case that she does not step in, where she does not intervene, she lets this guy go on and do what he's doing, there's going to be a case, maybe more than one, where the where Bragg and his office let somebody go, and they go out, and they do something really bad. Well, that's going to be on Bragg, but it's also going to be on Hochul. And I promise you, the politicians all over the state, they're not going to forget that. So she better think about what she's doing and think fast, because if Bragg continues down the road, he's going crime in New York City and Manhattan, one of the wealthiest cities in the country. Crime is going to shoot through the roof. You're going to have lower economic development, lower real estate values, lower tourism and, and the welfare rolls and, and the crime spikes will be outrageous. Now, and boy, is that frightening because it's already pretty bad, as you know. Um, and heading in a much worse direction, as you're talking about. And it's frightening. You know, you want the best for New York City. You want the best for all the cities across the country. Um, Bernie Carrick, thank you so much. I so much value your perspective. You've been there on the front lines fighting the good fight, and we're so glad to have you here on the show always. Thank you, Bernie. Thank you, Rita. Bye-bye. And when we come back, everybody, we're going to get your take on this guy that I was talking about with Bernie, as you heard there. Again, 30-year-old Winston Glenn, seven prior arrests, and now charged with the murder of the Burger King cashier. And what does he say on the way out? 
blank America, America's going to burn. This guy, unrepentant and disgusting to the bitter end, talking about reparations as he's being led out by police. Your thoughts about this? 1-800-848-9222. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. talking about the fact that luckily they have busted this thug who murdered the beautiful woman who was the 19-year-old Burger King employee, Crystal Bayon Nieves. It is heartbreaking. By the way, the guy on the way out as we were talking about shouting, uh, where's our reparations for 400 years of blank, blank slavery, is what he was shouting to the crowd and saying, America's going to burn as he's being led out of the police station. I am glad the cops tracked him down. Here's a little bit on how they got him. Through an extensive video canvas in our transit system, we are able to track Mr. Glynn to locations in Brooklyn. And calling him Mr. Glenn, I think, is a little even too nice to even call him Mr. Uh, by the way, Sal, who always sends in great tweets to us all the time, um, and also I always watch and listen, and we always try to take some of your social media comments online, but Sal, you are always right on. What Sal says is, what reparations will this guy give for the murder of 19-year-old Crystal Nieves and the harm he caused to his other victims. That's a great point. This guy is talking about reparations, that America owes him something. What can he do to make up for this horrible loss of this woman? There's nothing he can do. There's nothing he can do in terms of reparations. What a disgusting, ungrateful, horrible human being. And it's just, it's incredible that he was even walking prior to this. If you look at the history and the rap sheet of this guy, and again today, shouting, Effing slaveries. Where's our reparations? America's going to burn. I mean, this is just the classic case of why we need to get tough with thugs. Um, let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Jimmy. You're here on the show. Yes. What Carrick just said about we got congressmen and city council people who support this stuff. This is what I've been trying to say. There's so many people in our government that are following the communist line. I used to supervise ex-convicts. I had murderers, pimps, drug dealers working for me, interior demolition, hard work. Believe it or not, I was by the book and got along with them well because they respected me. Plus, I was joking around. They, They laughed a lot. But those convicts at that time, as bad as they were, they all agreed, you do the crime, you have to do the time. Today, people think they're owed something. Today, I hear the young criminals say things like, I'm going to get mine. This is the communist work among youth in America. When I was a kid. Yeah, and and also, but, but you know what is also, how dare, what does race have to do with this? He committed a crime. And Jimmy, thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. But this guy committed a crime. And he committed it against this woman who did absolutely nothing. He was robbing the place. She even opened the register to try to give him the money because obviously the guy had a gun. I mean, race had nothing to do with it. How disgusting is this man that he's claiming, you know, reparations as he's being let out for one of the most heinous crimes. Throw the book at him. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this and carjackings in New York and elsewhere. 
feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story, talking to the biggest names, covering the biggest stories. She's Rita Cosby. This is the Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC. I know your name is Rita. Because your perfume is smelling sweet. Since when I saw you down on the And we are talking about why it is so important to be tough on criminals. There have been so many cases of that in the last week or so, and we've seen it all across the country, including in New York. Um, classic case of this thug who killed beautiful 19-year-old Crystal Bayonieves, who was working at the Burger King, and she couldn't empty out the uh, cash register fast enough for this horrible guy who, it turns out, actually ended up working at that same Burger King. He was working there in 2020 came in with a ski mask. First, he knocked one of the other employee's teeth out. And then when she wasn't opening the cash register fast enough, uh, he shot her. It is just horrible and killed her. And when you see the track record of this guy, you go, why was he even walking, you know, uh, on the streets? Why was this guy even let out? His record was just over and over again. It's these rap sheets that we are seeing constantly. This guy, again, seven prior arrests, four of them violent incidents, all of them in New York City. Again, the recent one was assaulting somebody with a knife at a homeless shelter charged with a misdemeanor then. Despite his violent background, he should have been locked up. And yet this guy was out to commit this heinous, heinous crime on this poor woman who was just working and was so worried about working at a shift. And apparently, guess what? He only made off with a 100 bucks in the robbery. How heartbreaking and how horrible is that? And this guy, again, as he's being let out, he makes these horrible comments. And I'm going to play that for you in a second because it's just it's just disgusting. And to think that this is the guy, we bust this guy over and over again. The guy clearly gets a break and gets out over and over again. He finally gets caught in this murder after he takes a 100 bucks. That's what he makes off in the robbery, and he kills this woman. And this guy is just disgusting to the bitter end. First off, here's a little bit about one of the open cases against him, according to one of the NYPD investigators. Take a listen. He has one open case at the moment, which is a menacing with a knife. He was kind of screaming incoherently. Yeah, he was kind of screaming coherently in that case. And again, I don't understand why he was even out in that case. He was screaming incoherently. Clearly, he's got mental issues. Clearly, he's got problems. But that's not, you know, that's not this woman's fault. That's not the people who were working at the Burger King. Why do they have to be victims, innocent victims of this guy who clearly was committing crimes over and over again, menacing people with a knife at a homeless shelter? It wasn't like he was just kind of rambling to himself, charged with a misdemeanor in that case. And then again, let out and commits this horrible, horrible, heinous crime. And when the guy, after he gets busted and he's walking out of the police station today, just a few hours ago in East Harlem, 30-year-old Winston Glenn is shouting, where are our reparations for 400 years of blanking slavery? He's shouting, blank you all. He yells. And then he shouts at the top of his lungs, America is going to burn. 
This guy was lucky enough that he was out on the street over and over again. And anybody who came in his path was unlucky because this guy was just a monster. It clearly seems. But why was this guy even out on the streets and yet still ungrateful that he ever even got a break? And it's just a classic case of, I think, why Alvin Braggs and his policy is never going to work in New York City. Because being soft on criminals gets you nowhere. And this guy is a classic case of it. Because you look at this guy's history and you go, wait a minute. This guy wasn't grateful for any of the breaks that he clearly got prior to this moment. This guy feels like America owes him. And no matter what he did, the most heinous crime of all that he has done, America still owes him. And America's going to burn. How do you reform somebody like this? I don't think you can. I think there are some people that do not deserve to be reformed. And this is a classic case where you have to teach somebody early on that bad behavior has punishment. Take a listen to this guy as he's being led out of the police station saying some of the most vile things after he has been arrested for gunning down 19-year-old Crystal Bayonieves. Wow, it, it is just, it is unbelievably disgusting when I see this guy and he's shouting these vile things, America's going to burn. So much for somebody who has just gotten away with the worst of the worst crimes, now is busted, and his response is, where's our reparations for 400 years? What, he's supposed to be able to get away with a murder or doing whatever he wants to do? That America owes him for slavery so he can go out and kill as many people as he wants? I mean, what is the logic of it? This just shows soft on crime does not work with criminal minds. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael in Nutley, New Jersey. Go ahead, Michael. Your thoughts about this monster. It's just so disgusting. Rita, it must be said publicly, the blood of this innocent young lady is on the hands of every New Yorker who voted back in soft on crime, catch and release creating, bail reform loving, Democrat Party leadership career politicians. You bamboozled New York City Democrat Party voters got what you voted for. Elections do matter. You all should have voted for law and order fiscal conservatives to run New York City in order to put an end to all of this New York City crime madness. From what I'm hearing from news reports, he was in jail four or seven times. I, I don't know which number it is, but more than four times is not enough to keep him in jail. I mean, why do you people keep Voting Democrat Party leadership. You're only killing yourselves. You're endangering the, your children. 
the the women, the elderly. What what's it going to take for you, New York City voters, to get through your thick skulls not to vote Democrat Party leadership like Jamani Williams? Like, what are you doing exactly with Jamani Williams? He was at that in front of the Burger King, the family, talking about gun violence. He's he's one of the guys who was for for uh, um, catch and release and, and bail reform. He's, he's part of the reason why that criminal was back on the street that killed this young lady. And what is Well, and wait a second. I, you know what? You can't necessarily blame him for that. But what I will say, no, wait, him, hang on, hang on. No, no, I hear what you're saying, Michael. Because no, 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 because I'm, I'm, I am telling you that I, I get so angry, and you're right. It's like there are repercussions to having these sort of soft on crime policies. And this guy is a classic case. Just like you said, um, you know, I, I don't think there's one particular person to blame, but there's a lot of people that clearly allowed this guy to go back out on the street. And the audacity, I don't even like calling him a guy because I just feel like he's just a disgusting, you know, human being that he actually has those comments when he's being led out of the police station. I am so angry. Uh, I am so outraged. I feel like it's just it's an abomination. And you're right. It, this is an example of why you need people who have law and order principles, who, who have respect for human rights, who understand the victims and are not sitting, sitting coddling the criminals. And when I hear Alvin Bragg, um, who is the new man to Hatton DA, who will see this case. He didn't see him before because he wasn't the DA, you know, of this case, you know, of this guy before. But he will see this case. You know, his prosecutors will handle this case because it happened in Manhattan. Um, you know, when I hear him coddling the criminals and in that memo, he was basically, oh, we have to make sure the criminals are taken care of and, and give them these things. There, this just shows that there are some people that you will never fix, that, that you just have to be tough with. And you have to send a message that they cannot continue to repeat and offend and offend. You wonder if this guy had gotten the book thrown at him years ago. You know, and he had been locked up years ago like he should have been. He would not have been on the streets to do the, to this beautiful woman. And, and I agree with you. Shame on every politician that has been soft on crime and coddling criminals and not thinking about the victims. Michael, thank you. Let's go to Farah in Florida. Farah, go ahead. Your thoughts about this. Yes, um, Rita. Um, this, this, this killer, you know, we should refer to him as a human or a thug. He's just a demon. He's evil, and I hope he rots in jail and he burns in hell. And I do agree with your previous caller because New Yorkers, along with all of America, we need to get out there and vote the right people into office. All these crooked politicians, Hochul and Braggs and Cuomo and all these people, they're backed by Soros. They're his foot soldiers, and he swear to destroy America. And we need to get out there and put the right people in office or we will have a price to pay. We were going to be living in sheer hell. Yeah, we're already it's living that way. People Farrah, start voting the right way. It's, I hear you. I hear you. Oh I, I hear you. Farrah, what did you make of the fact that this guy on his way out of the police station is saying, where's our reparations for 400 years? America is going to burn. Uh, that's, well, that's, that, that's his comment. I mean, this is like well, lower than low. I can, I can tell you one thing. I'm sure if he had a weapon, a gun, in the past crime that he committed, he would have killed already. He probably didn't have a gun by then. He just had a knife. 
No, that's and a that's a great black. point. That's I all it's I know. Old. By the way, I can tell you that for sure. He, you're right. He had a gun. I have to see if he had a an a, I mean had a knife uh, in the prior one. But you're right. This is the kind of guy who had if he had access to anything. Um, he was, and he was clearly getting more and more emboldened. And this is a perfect yeah. reason why Farah, you know, we go back to like Bill Bratton and, and, um, Rudy and these guys who have always, and Howard Safer, a number of these folks who through the years have been great leaders in New York, um, whether at the police department or in the mayoral, believing in the broken windows theory that you get somebody with smaller crimes so they never get that exactly. emboldened to do this. Exactly. You know? Exactly, and that is why it is imperative come 2022 we vote these corrupted politicians out of office. They are working for us. Yeah, I agree to keep America safe. we got to get rid of them, and I want to see what Mr. Alvin Bragg, who was sponsored by George Soros, I want to see what he's going to do about this whole thing. And he should be walking in the shoes of, of that child's parents here tonight. Yeah. If the if the if the, the story was the other way around, if it was he whose child was killed, I would like to see what punishment he would like to be meted out to that monster, that demon that killed that child. And you and know what? And you know what? And you know what? Farrah, people of America, to get out there and vote the right way, vote the right way, or we will be done. It is George Soros' agenda destroy america and all these politicians are the foot soldiers of george of Soros and the people who's making george soros do what he's doing we have farah i hear it and by the way um this guy alvin bragg um who just took office recently as we know um got about a million bucks from george soros and you're right there is this trend here you're seeing the guys in los angeles you're seeing the ones in philly you're seeing the san fran and it's that common thread of this big bucks to get these people in and yet we are the communities that have to live with the repercussions of animals and thugs like this. We're going to continue with your calls on this. guy. I'm, I'm as emotional as you guys are tonight. I rarely get really angry, um, but I am furious when I hear of this guy and the audacity of him and the disgusting nature of this criminal. And it is time that we let these soft on crime DAs know that we are not going to take it anymore. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. It is time to speak out. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. And things are definitely getting rough now that we know that there are people like Winston Glenn out there. And that is the guy who was busted, thank goodness, um, for the horrible murder of 19-year-old Crystal Bayon Nieves. That's the 19-year-old Burger King employee. And I'm glad that the cops busted him. But what a disgusting human being he is because as he is being led out from the 25th Precinct Station House on East 119th Street, he's in handcuffs and shackles, thank goodness. 
Uh, he's shouting, where's our reparation for 400 years of blanking slavery? Uh, blank you all, he's shouting. And then he's shouting at the top of his lungs, America is going to burn. Uh, is this someone who you think you can even try to reform? Alvin Bragg, soft on crime DA in New York, because he is the one who's going to be dealing with this case. Well, think about how tough it is for law enforcement out there, how tough it is for all of us to deal with people like this, too, as well. Obviously, first and foremost, our hearts and prayers go out to the family of this wonderful 19-year-old girl who was just working, trying to make a living, working as an employee at that Burger King. Again, she was worried because of the hours that it was and was concerned. And then it turns out this guy was someone who actually worked at the Burger King in 2020, but he came in in a ski mask and tried to rob the place. Got away with a hundred bucks, by the way, killing her and got away with a hundred bucks. And this guy just shouting, America's going to burn and where's our reparations as he's being let out and busted. And think about, again, how tough it is for law enforcement that are out there as crime is increasing and enhancing, just how tough it is where budgets are being cut because soft on crime DAs, first of all, you know, are letting these people out, but then there are city councils and legislatures that are trimming the budgets of law enforcement all across the country. And this combination is just so difficult for our cops that are out there. And every week, you know, we do our Protecting America podcast. I love this podcast because we highlight what we're trying to do to protect America on a whole bunch of different levels. And this week, we interviewed former New York City Police Commissioner, also Los Angeles and Boston, Bill Bratton. And here's just a little bit of what he had to say about this crisis facing law enforcement. It's too tough to be a police officer, no matter what city it's in. And you've, you know, you've overseen the biggest departments in the country, you know, between New York and, of course, you know, also in Los Angeles and Boston. I mean, you know it all too well, but it, it's hard to retain officers in this climate. I think the exact number, and it's hard to get an exact number. We don't even know what the exact number of police departments are. But I think the most recent number I saw was 737,000 police officers in a country that now has probably... 50 to 60 million more people, if not more than we had in 1994, the crime bill passed the last time. So while we have a country that has a lot less crime, the traditional crime, what else do we have in the 21st century? We have cybercrime. We have terrorism. We have drone crime. We have uh, all these horrific human trafficking issues. Uh, the explosion of things the police are expected to deal with uh, and police budgets haven't increased that dramatically, and the size of police forces have not. So uh, there's an expression uh, that I'll share with you and your audience that uh, was used to describe the LAPD to me when I took it over in 2002. Uh, the motto of the LAPD is to protect and serve. It's on the side of every one of their cars, and they do a great job of doing that. But the unofficial model was too few who have been asked to do too much for too long with too little. Well, that's American policing. Too few now, even more, uh, uh, reduction in numbers, were being asked to do too much with all the new responsibilities with too little. And uh, so what do you expect? And thank God we have cops that every day you see it running toward the danger. Uh, Chris Ray, the FBI director, had a wonderful op-ed today, wonderful op-ed, uh, basically saying to politicians, hey, it's time to uh, basically start backing the police instead of constantly dividing them and defunding them. You need to start standing up for America's police because the vast, vast majority of them 
by doing what you'd expect of them. And so uh, it's great news when the head of the uh, major law enforcement organization in the country starts standing up for cops, and we need more of that from our politicians. Yeah, we definitely need more of that from our politicians. How would this guy, particular, as we've been talking about the Burger King case, how could he even be free? Um, and we have to back our law enforcement. It is such a tough, tough job. By the way, I had a really amazing in-depth discussion, as you can tell, with Bill Bratton. There's so much more to that. Um, I learned so much about what police are facing and also what he thinks about the roles of DAs and the roles of citizens, too, that we can all play. You definitely want to check it out. Go to WABCRadio.com. It is the latest episode of our Protecting America podcast, a really powerful, in-depth discussion with one of the great law enforcement leaders, I think, out there, former New York City police commissioner and also L.A. and Boston, Bill Bratton. Definitely check it out, everybody. It is so, so important to hear, especially in light of what we've been talking about with this thug who was just arrested for the murder of the Burger King employee, Crystal Bayonieves, shouting these horrible things after he is busted by police, saying, America's going to burn. Where's our reparations for 400 years of slavery? If this is not someone who you should throw the book at, I don't know who is. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan in Forest Hill. Stan, your thoughts on this? Uh, first of all, uh, to the woman who called, uh, these people, these uh, DAs aren't corrupt. Their policies may be wrong, but they're not corrupt. So I don't know what the hell she was talking about. The point I want to break. Well, is, well, Stan, also, she's very, you know, very emotional. People yeah, are very emotional about it. Their policies are bankrupt, as we know. But to say that, but, here's but, the but point. listen, let me ask you, Stan, you sure. do agree that these policies are so out of touch with well, what's happening are, on the streets. Other DAs in other boroughs are stronger. There are Democrats who have strong, uh, like Melinda Katz in Queens. She's tough. Yeah, there, so, it, listen, I, all I care about, by the way, Stan, is people who care about law and order and respecting. Well, and, and, you know, and, people use that term a hundred times. I want this guy put away. But you made a point. You're saying uh, the guy in Manhattan will pick the DA. Uh, the Brooklyn DA will do this. Will do this job, not the Manhattan. Each is elected separately. So, what are you saying? The Manhattan DA, that gentleman, will pick the DA to do this case? No. I, is he is he in charge of all of them? I don't think so. This happened in New York City. This happened I, I in Harlem. In Brooklyn. This happened in Harlem. What the girl with the with the uh, uh, the Burger King? Uh, yes, it did. I was told. I heard it yesterday. It was in Brooklyn. I may be wrong. Tell me. I thought it was in Brooklyn. Actually, That's what I'll, I was told. I will check to make sure on because that. He was busted. Brooklyn. He was busted in Harlem. But you're right. Let yeah, me check and see. Let me check Harlem, and find out yeah. where it is. Let me find out. Yeah, Let me confirm please, that, actually. Yeah, I'll hold on. <laughs> yeah, I'll check on that. But regardless. No, but he, the crime was committed in Brooklyn. So the Brooklyn DA, not Bragg, will take, uh, take this case. Whoever the Brooklyn DA is, I don't know who won it. I mean, they're all elected, so Manhattan doesn't tell Brooklyn what to do. You the know DA, what, Stan? It did happen in Harlem. I, I thought it was Harlem. I'm just triple checking. It, it happened in Harlem. Harlem. It happened in Harlem. I was th- I thought it happened in Brooklyn. It That's happened in told. Harlem. All right, fine. Then this guy will be under the microscope. Yeah, it happened in Harlem. That's what I thought. I just was checking because I always give people. By the way, Stan, I give you the benefit of the doubt. I give you the benefit. It happened in Harlem. This will be his case, baby. Oh, well, then the microscope will be under his neck and under other areas to see what he does. If this guy doesn't go after him, I believe, and I think you'll know, the governor will, will be watching this guy 
very carefully, as well as the attorney general. So the governor can remove him, but we have to wait and see. The other thing is, where's the gun? There's no gun. What other evidence other than he worked there? We know that he worked there, right? We know that he worked there. So how do they know it was him and so forth? And who is well, – All right. So, Stan, Stan, since you're uh, playing super sleuth, and I did say this <laughs> earlier, um, and yes, it is it is his case because it is uh, Harlem, okay, so it is his okay. case. And I mentioned earlier, too, um, you got you to gotta, – I said he was wearing a distinctive guest belt. It had, you know, the guest brand. Right. They were able to tie mm-hmm. it in. Um, they found that he was wearing – matching the belt he was wearing on a picture on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, also uh, – Apparently, similar walk. He had a very distinctive walk. You know, people have like a limp or a walk, so he had a very distinctive walk. There are a number of things. It sounds like they got the right guy. And Stan, Stan, by the way, Stan, you got to admit, this guy, the fact that he is shouting these vile, disgusting things on the way out is reprehensible. You know what the word excrement means? Yes, uh, and I, you know what? You is. know what the word? Yeah. By the way, I'm happy to hear that you and I agree oh, no, on this. Not, this guy is slime. I mean, let's be. I, I'm liberal on many things, but this guy deserves to uh, get the chair. But we don't have the chair in New York. We don't have the chair, but if we do, he would deserve it. Well, he'll believe get a little me. Electric shock. Yeah, but I think uh, hopefully he'll be put away for a long time. Life. Yes, I mean, that's the worst they can do to him here. But let's see what yes. happens. Yes, and 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 by the way, I hope it's a very painful life, you know, because <laughs> you know he deserves that. Stan, I love you. Thank you for the call. It's great. And again, uh, it did happen in East Harlem, as I thought at the Burger King. And again, uh, how disgusting is this guy? I agree with Stan. This is an epiphany. Normally, we don't agree. I agree with him. The guy is beyond beyond scum when we come back everybody because it's friday night and we've been talking about all these horrible things i want to talk about something positive we always do our beautiful support our hero segment and it shines a spotlight on our veterans and the people that we love and we're also going to be talking with a great author dr glenn losak psychologist he's a psychiatrist and also an award-winning photographer who despite what we talk about and how disappointed we are in the judicial system and all the things we've seen tonight, America is the greatest country on earth, and he knows that firsthand. We're going to talk about all of that when we come back on The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Hero segment, four veterans from Florida are rowing, get this, 3,000 miles across the Atlantic to raise awareness for PTSD and veteran suicide while raising money for our country's heroes who have faced some big mental health challenges. Veterans from the Fernandina Beach, Florida-based rowers group made up four from home, that's what it's called, a support platform and a community which has so far raised, get this, a whopping $727,000. The money goes to help vets struggling with PTSD, identity issues, housing accessibilities, and also cognitive disorders. Bravo to them and bravo to all we can do to support our great men and women in uniform. Well, our next guest has traveled everywhere, but always appreciates coming back to the United States of America, the greatest country in the world. And by the way, since it's Friday night, here's a little bit of one of my favorite patriotic songs. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. 
Dr. Glenn Losak is hailed as photography's new conscience. He's a psychiatrist, but he is also an award-winning photographer whose photos have been seen online by more than 40 million people. Tonight, at a time when the world seems quite divided, Dr. Glenn Losak reminds us all that we have a lot in common in his new book, which is powerful and magnificent. It's called The Bonds We Share, and he shares his images and insights on his incredible travels around the world, often in the developing world. Dr. Losak, it's great to have you here on the show. Rita, thank you so much for having me. This is an amazing, I'm I'm excited. Uh, Forgive me, I'm too excited. Well, you know what? Your pictures are so moving. Why did you do this? I know you've actually been a photographer for, gosh, it's been like about 40 years, and you have traveled literally to the corners of the earth. And I also think you've described it in some terms. I've seen the belly of the beast because you show a lot of people and a lot of scenes that many people don't often get to see. Uh, people in India or in Sri Lanka or Cambodia it might even be someone in solitary confinement, um, someone in a slum. Why, why did you decide to capture these images? I've been doing this since I'm a young man. Uh, I believe that the impoverished, disenfranchised social outcasts who are very some many are physically ill with preventable diseases like leprosy. Uh, I think I thought that they needed a spokesman, and I didn't see it anywhere. You know, I, I saw wars being captured, and, and other stories of horror and disgrace. But on the on the streets of these countries are human beings that are crying out to be seen, heard, and helped. And I just felt that uh, even leprosy. Uh, it's it's the most biblical disease. No no one is doing anything about it. And I felt that the only way to reach people, well, one way to reach people is through their eyes and hopefully their wallets. And people have donated because of the photography that I've shown on my sites. How That's amazing awesome. is that for, for you to feel that, Dr. Losak? And yeah. you know what's so beautiful? Your pictures, you also, you put a name with them and you put a place with them. So we feel like we get to know them. How yes. powerful for you to know you're doing something so transformative. I, it's an amazing feeling, Rita. And the pandemic has just put such a damper on me that I can't leave because, you know, there's an invisible virus protect, preventing me from traveling. Uh, so, you know, I'm crossing my fingers. This thing ends. Imagine what it's doing to all the people that I photograph who don't have anything to begin with. Yeah, how has that affected them? Have you stayed in touch with any of the ones that you've taken photos of? Because you're right, during I, the pandemic, it's so tough. They, the people that I photograph don't have uh, a phone or a, a pot to uh, you-know-what in, so... They, I can't stay in touch with them, but people that I know in India, of course, they told me to stay away right now, but things should get better, which, I, you know, I hope 
you know, I hope so. We're all crossing our fingers for India, right? Bangladesh and Cambodia and Thailand. We all want what's best for everybody in the world, and that's the commonality of humanity. We are basically mutually interested in our welfare, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, as you talk about the bonds that we share, which is the name of your book, tell us about some of the things you learned. I mean, you talk about this sort of common, you know, humanity. What are some of the things that we all share that you learned that is sort of a universal message? I'll tell you what I have learned and uh, through the years. I'm not sure a lot of people have learned it, but modesty, humility, less is more, more is less. You don't need to have the, the latest and the greatest of technology to do what you have, you know, to do what you would like to do. I mean, and, and emotions are important, dealing with human beings, eye contact, curiosity, treating human beings with dignity and not staring at the time of the clock, your iPhone. It's, it's being in the belly of the beast with people that don't have these things, although Look, I'm proud to be American, and I love these things, but there's a time and a place. And uh, the third world has allowed me to peek into their world. And it's been very, very important for me in my psychiatric practice, too, to, to listen to people that suffer, not to give them, you know, a certain amount of you know, time and then dismiss them because they, they have a, a, a YouTube to to do. I mean, it's it's taught me to be modest and, and have humility. That you know, we're all yeah. pretty much we're all pretty much the same. We're all suffering, and there's challenges that we all share. And I could do it with a camera. It just adds ammo to the to my theme, to my goal. Well, Doctor Losak, I want to ask you about some maybe experiences that stand out the most in your mind. I mean, I think about some of the places that your camera has taken us in this amazing book. Um, are there ones that really stand out in your mind in terms of some of the just most extraordinary and eye-opening experiences for you? I don't even know where to begin. I'm looking at the pictures as I'm speaking to you now, and they're just so gripping. I, I, I don't know where to begin, but I mean, I could just, I could just, uh, go to uh, a, a man that I meet every time I'm in Mumbai. He's a man that has no lower legs. And he sits in this uh, dolly and he refuses to accept money from me. He's a Muslim man and we meet at this mosque and he buys me tea. If I take money out, he slaps my hand away and says, nah, nah. And he knows a little English. I'm, I'm not very well endowed in Hindi. And uh, we sit and we don't talk for a while. And we just look at the world, the, the sea, the mosque, the quietude. And, and it's a nice experience, experiencing something with someone that, that's from an obvious culture that's different and a, a severe, severe deforming handicap. I'll never forget him. And his name is Muhammad, in case he's listening. Wow. How beautiful. By the way... You also talk about gratitude. You mentioned that earlier um, about coming back. Do you think, is there a message too? Because when you come back to America, do you say, thank goodness I'm back? And also, Rita, is there a message for Americans who maybe don't realize how lucky we are? Rita, I get out of the cab. I come up to the apartment. I open the door and I've been away maybe a couple of months. I bend down and I kiss the floor. And I say a prayer. 
I'm not going to say the prayer, but uh, you can imagine. I mean, we have so much opportunity here. We are so privileged, and a lot of us are entitled, but it's the greatest place in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything, but photographing this developing world has a place in my heart. It really does, because it teaches you modesty and humility and how to help suffering people. And, and I feel that I do, here and there, because I am a physician. You absolutely do. Well, I encourage everybody to take a look at the book. It's called The Bonds We Share, Images of Humanity, 40 Years Around the Globe. Um, the images are extraordinary. And your stories are so inspiring, and you do make us so appreciative of what we have in this country. And I think the pandemic's also reinforced it to so many people who've spent time with their family and their loved ones and realized to also just be grateful for what they have, too, and and people close to them and what matters in life. Um, Dr. Glenn Losek, so great to have you here on the show, and keep up the magnificent work. Thank you so much, Rita, for doing this. I appreciate it. Have a great evening. Hello. Goodbye, New York. Goodbye. (laughs) And it is a great book, everybody. Again, make sure that you check it out. Um, The Bonds We Share by Glenn Losack. And again, this is a guy who's traveled and seen the worst places in the world, some very tough situations. And again, you heard what he says when he comes back to America, he kisses the ground. He's so happy to be back in this great country because even though we are not perfect, as we've been talking about all night uh, with a lot of problems, we are still such a great great country. And we got to do whatever we can to make it better. And we got to throw the book at people who are trying to disrupt things and create crime. And in this case, uh, pulling the trigger and killing a young girl, as we've been talking about at the Burger King. Um, We've been talking about just the ungrateful, horrible things and vile things coming out of the guy who has now been accused of gunning down 19-year-old Crystal Bayonne Nieves. Um, Your thoughts on all this, everybody, 1-800-848-9222, Let's go to Susan from Brooklyn. Go ahead, Susan. Okay. Um, That uh, Stan was speaking about and comparing Melinda Cass, the DA in Queens, to a a, the George Soros, um, Alvin Bragg, or is that his last name, Bragg? Yeah, actually, he made a distinction. He actually said how Melinda Katz, um, you know, she's a Democrat, but he was saying that she's tougher on crime than what we have seen from Alvin Bragg. Um, and I agree. That's where he's coming from. That's ridiculous comparison. It just shows, like, this is apples and oranges. No, and Susan, I agree. I, I agree. And, and that's what he was also saying, too. I think you're getting too into the weeds. But let me ask you real quick, your thoughts about this guy, this horrible guy, because we're talking about the fact that this guy who gets arrested um, has a rap sheet a mile long has priors where they should have been considered felonies and they were treated as misdemeanors. And then he's being led out of this police station and he's shouting these horrible, vile things. Uh, And it's just, first of all, what he did was a heinous, horrible crime. And then he's yelling just America's going to burn as he's being led out by police. What's just your reaction to that, Susan? No, this is... I, I believe that this individual has had a, a tremendous um, problem with mo- potentially 
uh, who's uh, drugs that have made him, you know, just like down this path of a demonic. Wait, Susan, um, let me yeah. ask you. Yeah, you know what? I I hear you, but I am so sick of people saying, "Oh, well, he had a bad childhood." You know, that doesn't make the excuse for him to be able to murder this woman at the Absolutely Burger King. Not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm yeah, saying but the first thing you're talking like, about is drug history. I mean, this guy yeah. is a cold-blooded killer, even according to Eric Adams. Yeah, because he has had his whole, his soul has been just through whatever this has made him feel this way so are we to, supposed to give this guy a cakewalk because he had some drug history not i'm n- absolutely not he is gone beyond he, this is a de- demon no i'm saying the demons took him over from probably a lot of i believe that you will find that, that he is a drug abuser and no, yeah, yeah, you're probably issues. right. And Susan, thank you for the call. You're probably right. He probably did have a lot of drug problems, uh, but he's hopefully going to have a lot more problems in prison for the rest of his life because what he did was disgusting and despicable. And you know what? You know, it's like I just was concerned that you were heading into that Alvin Bragg school of like, oh, well, he had a childhood. He had a this. You know what? A lot of these guys, yes, have very difficult situations and obviously anything we could do to help those people so they don't go down a path like this. Um, But once somebody has committed over and over again, we have to be tough on them the first time so they learn a lesson so they don't get tougher, you know, so they don't worsen, so they don't take it to these horrible extremes. We have to do something. You're right. It's society's problem. But we also have to teach them a lesson, too, um, because this monster never should have been out on the street. Let's go to Andrew in Stanhope. Andrew, you're listening on The Rita Cosby Show, and you're listening on WABCRadio.com. Go ahead, Andrew. Yes, I just want to say I can't wait to read the book to look at all the great photos. Thailand. Yep, and by so the way, you're t- that's right. In fact, you are talking about um, the guest we had before, uh, Dr. Glenn Losack. His book is amazing. And, and Andrew, because I know you have called before and I know you've traveled before, his pictures, you're going to love it. They are amazing pictures of his experiences and pictures of people putting a face to all these individuals and a lot of the developing world. It's 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 really, it's a powerful, powerful book. You're going to love it. And I had a girlfriend from Guatemala and also one from Estonia, and it is such a big difference. And the uh, rock and roll guy from KISS, Gene Simmons, he said it best. He said he's been to every country in the world, and when he gets off the plane, he finds a side spot, you know, a little spot, and he says a prayer. Thank God that he gets to be an American. So it reminds me of what Gene Simmons said. Absolutely. And and by the way, Andrew, what a perfect way uh, to end the call, because that was really beautiful. You're right. It is the greatest country. And no matter where you go, um, and again, as we've been talking about tonight, um, we are not perfect in many, many ways. I think our judicial system needs to get tougher. I think Alvin Bragg needs to get tougher. That's for sure. And I hope he throws the book at this thug. 
Um, but America is still the greatest, greatest country in the world. When we come back, we are going to talk with Dominic Carter and get a preview of his great show. And then after Dominic Carter tonight, Curtis Lee was in. I'm sure he's going to be talking about the Burger King killing and a lot more. A great lineup tonight here on 77 WABC. And Dominic Carter, my buddy, up right after the break. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. And it is always good times when I am talking to my buddy, Dominic Carter. And Dominic, you know, we're playing a happy song, but I have been fired up tonight because I'm so disgusted about this guy. And Welcome I call him a thug. Uh, and I know you're going to be talking about this, my friend. And it's just it, this is just a shameful thug who you just need to, I think, lock up and throw away the key. Rita, um, it is a good thing that you played the song because it's it really is not a, a good night for collectively for for all of us. Uh, the good news is that the world's greatest police department uh, made an arrest the bad news, and I'm not trying to cause any controversy, what happened to George Floyd was horrible, horrible, the manner in which he died. We can all agree on that. The officer has been convicted, uh, will be in jail for many, many years. But the pendulum has swung too far towards criminals, and and we we we're we're just letting people out of jail with a slap on the wrist, and for this November thirtieth, twenty twenty one arrest, which is a month and a half ago, if he had been held held uh, or in, in custody, this young lady, this nineteen year old young lady, would be alive today. Absolutely. And Dominic, you know, it's disgusting because it was assaulting a person with a knife at a homeless shelter. He gets charged with a simple misdemeanor released. And there were even prior arrests before that. There were four other violent incidents. It's like, okay, and those are just the ones that law enforcement knows about. You know, it makes you wonder what else is out there. And and you're right. It's his track record. And then for him to be shouting these things as he's being let out of the police station, my blood has been boiling tonight and of our listeners, too, because it is Mm -hmm. just this guy is an unrepentant, disgusting thug. Well, I you know, you know, Rita. I, I'm trying not to get worked up. It's Friday going into Saturday, into the weekend. We're, we're going to have a basically a town hall tonight on on this uh, Mr. Glenn, if that's what we want to call him, Mr. But, you know, talking about reparations and for, for 400 years of slavery and using the N-word and America is going to burn. I mean, it's... Uh, and think about think I Rita, I know we only have seconds left. We spend billions on services for the homeless at shelters. And this is the best we can get. Yeah, that's what's so sad. And some people are not 
able to be rehabilitated. It's disgusting, Dem. I know, Dominic, everyone's going to be calling you tonight, 1-800-848-9222. And have a good weekend, my friend. Everybody have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.